0: This streamlined process will save you the time, money, and energy needed to concentrate on marketing and other creative content strategies before your item is in stock and ready for sale. Visit simoglobal.com to learn more, because a picture should be worth 1,000 keywords. You're listening to The Awesomers Podcast. You are listening to episode number 120 of The Awesomers.com podcast series. And today, we're going to finish up a three-part series with David Paul Doyle, And as you've learned from part one and two already, you kind of heard where he came from, uh, you know, how he kind of had his life planned out, as many of us think we do as a young person. He pursued that until he realized, uh, hang on, that may not actually be fulfilling as I thought. And despite working on that a long time, uh, on into part two, you heard about his next big pivot. After switching from the, the life of a potential fighter pilot, he went into publishing his own books and did that for a course of 10 years, living on you know, the ability to write books and create a community. And he did that with deep passion and devotion. And you can still see that shines through today in every part of all, all three of this part, uh, three-part series. Uh, David Paul definitely is a passionate uh, person and loves, as he calls it, connectedness. Uh, you're going to see more of that today. Let's go ahead and get into this final episode right now. Hey everybody, we're back again. It's Steve Simonson, joined by David Paul Doyle, and uh, here we are in our third segment here, talking about um, the, the genesis and the beginnings of his company, Naturewise. Is that right? Nature Made or Naturewise? Naturewise. Yeah. 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 The, uh, my uh, brain is slow and soggy, so uh, that's okay. People, I always tell people Naturewise. They go, "Oh,
1: I know your company." I'm like, "No, you probably don't." <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a lot of nature, nature something companies out there, right?
0: Nature, yeah, nature blanks. Uh, well, the the fact is, Naturewise uh, got started in is was it the supplement category that was uh, your 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 be, very beginnings? Yeah. But you guys have expanded into many other things as, as you've built the brand up. Uh, can you take us through maybe how you got started, and then we'll carry on later into uh, what it's doing today?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, so I had obviously been selling on Amazon since I think two thousand four with the launch of our first book. I, you know, we put our book out on Amazon and. I was familiar with selling on Amazon, but I never really, I didn't know about manufacturing. I knew about publishing, but I didn't know about manufacturing. And literally after this moment of opening my mind up to the possibility of having a side business, I had been doing tons of article marketing for our nonprofit that we ran that was kind of the the arm of our books and our teachings. And I had so I was super into SEO at the time and super into article market, marketing. And I actually happened to be on Jason Katzenbach's mailing list, not related to Amazon, but related to um, article syndication. He had a whole article syndication company. And it's not like I knew him at all, but he just this was the very, 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 very first beta program that he and Matt had launched. I think there was only 40 people in our class. It was super small. This was before anything. And he just blasted this, this message out about selling physical products on Amazon. I'm like, huh. I, I, it was just right up my alley because I, I was already on Amazon as an author, but didn't know anything about physical products at all. I mean, book's a physical product, but I, I understood that manufacturing process, right? I didn't understand uh, anything else. I just had no context. So I ended up signing up for this, that class, that initial class. And just really opened my mind up to the fact of what a manufacturers do and that you don't have to be your own manufacturer. I like, didn't even know about private label stuff. I think the whole concept was new to me. So I literally was like, you know what? This was the epiphany that I had. I said, for 10 years, I've had this niche that's like this big. That's my niche. It's my thing. I love this but I spend 99% of my, all my time finding all the people in the world that want this. Like, like all my efforts is like, how do I find people who want, you know, the hundreds of people who want this little tiny thing that I just wish that I <laughs> the, the sell.
0: Dozens, if not hundreds of people who are interested. Right. In, and you? I'm like,
1: I don't want to do that anymore. Like I want to find the biggest niche. I don't want to look for demand. I don't want to look for demand. I just want to go where the demand is and just, Carve out a little sliver, and so I'm like, that's my whole approach. I don't care what people want. I don't judge what people want. I don't even care what I sell. I'm just gonna go find what human beings want, and I'm gonna give it to them and take. Hopefully, take a small piece. That was it. And so I went onto Amazon one day and just searched for like in the. And you know, I'm into health. I'm into well being. So I, I went to the health and personal care category. I don't even really know how I ended up in that category. It's just probably like, oh. I didn't know anything about electronics. So I just kind of went to what I was familiar with. And I looked to see what the best-selling products were. And green coffee bean extract had just taken off from Dr. Oz. And I think that whoever was selling it at the time was number three in all of health and personal care, number three. I'm like, I like literally Googled or YouTubed. Green coffee bean extract. I think I watched one video for like five minutes. And I'm like, okay, that's what I'm going to go sell. Like, I hardly put any time and effort into it. It's just kind of luck. Because I didn't really care what I was going to sell. I just wanted to sell where the demand was. And also, it did help, I think, that Matt at the time had his own supplement brand, right? So, a lot of the examples that he was giving were on supplements at the time. And so, I just ended up falling into that niche based on, I think, Matt's experience, but also my own interest and the fact that that was a hot ink product right then in that moment. And so, you know, it happened really, really fast. Like, I remember getting that answer in meditation within two weeks. I think I had that random email from Jason. Maybe two weeks later, I started, you know, incorporated maybe six to eight to eight weeks later, I had my first product. Like it just was crushed <laughs> through it. And, um, yeah, so it
0: just, the whole thing was really quick. I love it. Well, I just, the, the, the thing is, you know, you were prepared for it, you're ready for it. And all of that experience that you put in over the prior 10 years of understanding how to execute publishing and book and SEO, and you were able to just kind of go, Hey, I'm just lining up all the pieces. Uh, as you learned from Jason and Matt, and for those keeping score at home, uh, that's Jason Katzebeck, Matt Clark uh, with the Amazing Selling Machine. Uh, guys, we'll make sure we get a link into there for them. They, they put together a program, and David Paul was one of the very early adopters, even before as a program, to, to just turn them on to this idea of, hey, you can make a consumer product. And you know a lot of people use the term private label, and that's fine, but OEM – Or, you know, this was a term that uh, exists today and and existed before where you can you can have a factory OEM your product, which means original equipment manufacturer. believe it or not. But when you go to a factory and you say, hey, I want you to OEM a product for me or private label a product for me, you can even make tweaks on it. You can make your own little uh, recipes and your own um, twist on it so that you really do have a, a true brand. I prefer that, by the way, much better than going to. China and finding something in a cheap plastic bag and sticking your own label on it. Those are two very different uh, aspects of uh, private label business. Yeah. But you were prepared, you were ready, and you executed with excellence. and, And obviously, you were very motivated. So how did you, even though you had the product live, and it sounds like it was in a hot category, was there a moment where you said... Oh man, this thing, this could go big. This could be something interesting. sir? There...
1: You know, I mean, I, I quite frankly, I, I, you know you hope, right? You hope. But I had nothing to compare it to. Honestly, I had nothing, no framework for what big looked like. Sure. I didn't even have a number. I didn't have a goal. I just thought, honestly, I would have been thrilled to have retired in 20 years as a result of it. Like that was it. That was my only real goal. I'm like, Hey, when I'm 65, I want to be able to stop working, you know? And, um, so that was, that was all I really hoped for. And I didn't have any specific goals about anything around it.
0: Um, but, uh, but there must've been a point where you're comparing the sales of your new product compared to your books, for example.
1: Oh, well, yeah, it took off really fast. Like it took off so fast. It was really crazy and I, it was, it was, you know, is it a very, I just had lucky timing. I'd be honest with you. A lot of the success is right place, right time. You know, they say there, I can't remember the old adage that's very common Where, but it's like, you probably know it where pre- preparation and knowledge and opportunity meet or something like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. You're on the right track. And when those things collide, that's, that's when you know, excellence and success happens. Yeah. yeah.
1: And so, you know, I had a lot of knowledge about, uh, I, so I had a mailing list already. I had built up a 75,000 person mailing list Did from you. my nonprofit. And I, I was a great email marketer. And here's the thing. So I had spent 10 years. My whole goal in life was to help people connect and for me to connect with other people. Like connection was huge. And I was thinking to myself, how can I bring this thing that means so much to me, connecting with people into the supplement business? Like it's a widget. Like how do I connect? Because connections, obviously, it's actually the most important thing to me in business. And I came up with this idea of I want to have a relationship with every customer that we have at NatureWise. Like, I actually want to talk to them. I want to, I want to see how things are going. And from day one, I put on the, our very first label, email me for uh, a free bottle of NatureWise, um, and I, I'm happy to give you one. And the whole reason I did that is because I had to have a way for them. And I didn't have any other examples. Obviously, I could have done that very differently. But I wanted to connect with every single person who bought our products. And I didn't know what carrot to dangle in front of them to make them uh, reach out to me. And so literally, I, I, I said, reach out to us through the Amazon messaging system. And so I just was literally having conversations with every customer for like the first six months. And eventually I would get them on the phone and I'd talk to them. And I really just wanted to have a personal connection with our customers. That was, that's where I'd done for 10 years with our other work. And I just wanted to carry that over. Cause I, I needed the I needed that meaning in my life. I needed it to be something more than a widget. I needed to connect. And it turns out that then once I had that connection with my customers, I could ask them to share their experience and it turned into this product formula that really lasted a pretty long time, you know, on Amazon. It's not quite the same anymore, but in those early years, it was really formative for our success. It helped me build relationships with our customers. And, um, and I ended up my first two customer service people were two of my own students from our work together and who were all about connection. And I would only hire people um, who were good at real heart-based communicative people and um, who would uh, you know, wanna connect with our customers. That was it, that's all I really cared about. Is um, And so that's, I don't even remember how I got on that track talking with you, but no, I,
0: I- No, I'll, let me help you. Uh, first of all, it's very insightful. There's a couple things here, first of all, uh, modest people like yourself would like to point to serendipity and right place right time and so forth and and I agree that you know there's probably some timing on that particular product but you you know this is one of those things where your overnight success was 10 years in the making right the the fact that you had this sense of connectedness and you wanted to drive that experience for the customers was very different than somebody else going I want to get rich quick right the the fact that you were saying I just want to build something where I can retire in 20 years. That means you're thinking long term. You're thinking about the big picture. You're not thinking about how do I, you know, score today and and I'll go to the next hot product tomorrow. All of that was sure. the right preparation and you know the the reality of how you built your business is a testament to what has been built today, which is a substantial business. And the for me You've really done branding in a beautiful way. I was at a mastermind where David handed out some of his uh, energy drinks, um, and they they tasted quite good. And then I challenged him. I'm like, Hey, you know, I'm I just drinking a bunch of sugar here. And he's like, No, hey, you know, here's here's how we do it, and here's how we think. And you know, they so that the thing that you put in early on about connecting with customers and doing the right thing still seems to be happening today, even as you've grown into a pretty substantial company.
1: Yeah, it's super important to me. You know, it's, I've, I've drifted in and out, you know, at certain points, it's been about the bottom line and at other points, it's been efficiencies and you kind of have to zig and zag to keep things going. But I would say right now to this moment, my desire to connect with people has never been stronger um, with our brand. I'm start, I just really personally probably videoed maybe 15 to 20 um, videos myself. Um, about our products, about, I, I really want to get back to the core basics of connecting with people because I find that I actually need it. Like I need it for my own right. fulfillment, for my own joy. I can't be slinging widgets because it's not meaningful to me, you know? And for for me, it's all about, you know, you said something earlier. It's like at the end of the day, it's about people, you know, that life is about people. And um, I just saw this movie last night with my my daughter's boyfriend. Um, the, the, let's see, the, the hate you give, you know, the hate you give, and it was about people, Um, really, at the end of the day, it's, well, there's a lot, a lot more to it, there's more than, more than just that, but it really reminded me, it just reinvigorates, it's, you know, life is about people at the end of the day, and not, and not as about, I'm a creator, like, I love to create, I'm a workaholic, I thrive in creation, but I will tell you, Every time I analyze being a creator, it, it always falls in priority to having people and connecting with people and having family. And because at the end of the day, I'd rather have a lot of close friends than have a thriving business. Right a lot, a lot of have a lot of personal connection with people than money. And they just people always win out in my heart and mind. And so it's the same thing with my business, is I keep Yes, it changes, but I keep coming back to the only thing that really matters to me is that I touch people's hearts. I make a difference in their lives and I feel connected with them. And so I'm still, still super, super important to me. And I've tried to build a company and a culture that feels that way too.
0: Well, no doubt you have. Uh, You know, I, I definitely can feel it. I know the awesomeers out there can feel it. Um, we've gone on a little longer than I expected. Yeah, uh, David. Sorry. Oh, I'm a rambler. Oh, you didn't know what a rambler I was. Oh, I tell you, I love it. <laughs> and I know the folks out there are loving it too. Uh, there's actually so much more we can get into, but I want you to get out your crystal ball for a minute, if you don't mind. Uh, I assume you have those in Ashland, Oregon. Uh, <laughs> yep. And uh, so tell us what the future looks like uh, a little bit for your own company, uh, but also E-commerce, or you know, where do you see things going? Uh, whether it's Amazon or the big picture, whatever you care to to pontificate about. But what, what's it look like five years from now?
1: Boy, good question. Well, it's it's hard to mix the two, like give you a nature-wise answer versus an industry answer. But you know, um, I mean, obviously Amazon is just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It's just the writing's on the wall. That's not going away. I also think though it's becoming more and more and more competitive. And that's not going away. And I do feel like even though it's always gonna be strong, it's also the risk, it's, it's always there on Amazon. And I do encourage people, including our own brand, to get offline, to get off Amazon, and to keep building your direct-to-consumer business to, for, risk, for risk management. I think that getting onto other platforms is also important. And quite frankly, you know, we're getting into retail. Now, I don't re- recommend everybody go into retail. I think it's a brutal business. and it, the profit margins are not the same. I think that going direct is really huge. It's a huge effort. Listen, every single thing you go after is a huge effort. Um, it's not. There's no easy, easy way. Um, but I still think risk management is really important in this day and age. Um, so I think, I think. Figuring out how do you keep doing more and more things. And when I say more and more things, I just mean going after more and more channels to manage risk, to um, have different income streams. You just never know when something bad's going to happen on Amazon. You know, we get, I hate to say this, but we get t- attacked on Amazon still to this day. Breaks my heart when it happens, but people try to take you down. There's just a lot of nasty people out there. And, um, and I just feel that... Um, Going after direct-to-consumer, I think, is really valuable. Um, you know, th- other platforms like Facebook can be really helpful. And I do think if you want to build a, a long, long, long-term brand, you know, finding niches in stores that you might be a good fit as well. But you have to have a pretty strong brand and some real differentiation to accomplish that.
0: Well, I, I think it's great advice uh, on all points there. And I don't know, so the the... I'll just throw a little uh, prediction out there for the benefit of our audience, but also for David Paul in particular. So the reality is, yes, I think you should diversify. And I agree with every point uh, David Paul just made. Uh, One of the things that I think is exciting and that it's, it's still emerging, right? In five years, it'll look much more clear than it does today. As Steve Jobs used to say, you can connect the dots backwards, but you can't really connect them forward. But in the, the murky foggy future that I see Um, Sites like uh, Albertsons, for example. Now, uh, Albertsons.com just announced their marketplace last week, which allows people who sell food and food type things and household items to get onto their marketplace as a third party seller instead of the onerous big box, you know, kind of beat you down with a, I I mean, uh, David Paul has seen it, but I've seen it too, where we have big box contracts that are that thick. And there's not a single page in that inch thick document that is a benefit to us. Every single yeah. one is like, uh, you screw up, I take all your money. You screw up again, I take your house. You screw up again, I take your kids, right? I mean, it's, it's, there's yeah. nothing there that's a benefit to the seller because we're not big enough. I'm sure Apple can go and, and duke it out with you know, Staples or uh, you know, uh, Best Buy or whoever, whoever the case is. But, but having the marketplace opportunities where it's more democratized in, in many ways, and although the, the attacks and the competitors and the black hat stuff that's happening is sickening, and I, I hope that Amazon gets better control over it, you got to have the ability to move around. And to be able to get your stuff, right now, um, Albertson's launched with 40,000 items. By the end of the year, they hope to have 100,000 items. But I imagine in several years, Albertson being the third largest grocer in the United States, they other guys are copying this. This is happening around the world. All the retailers who have stores, who have brands are saying, we need a marketplace to compete with Amazon. So uh, as much as Amazon will grow undoubtedly for the next five years, I do think there will be competition. And I, I look forward to that. And uh, I, I hope that you guys are going to try to leverage some of those uh, marketplaces uh, for your business, David. Yeah,
1: and we have been. I think that's great. I didn't know about the Albertsons things. I was, what's great is we're actually just opening up 140 stores in Northern California for Safeway. So Safeway is taking on our drinks and um, they're opening up 140 places, but Safeway Albertsons are the same company, right? Right. So um, I didn't I didn't know about their online marketplace, but yeah. But we're in Walmart. Well, we're Walmart.com, we're Jet.com, Vitacost, E Vitamins, Lucky Vitamins. You know, uh, like we're in a lot of other online marketplaces. I will say though, it changes. You know, it's. It, there becomes a level of complexity that you have to be prepared for when you start doing this because you can't just have your contract manufacturer easily ship to FBA over and over and over again you might need to start having your own warehouse you know to manage all of these different types of shipment models and then that increases your complexity you know whether you're doing it yourself or having a third party logistics company it gets expensive you know it's going to start eating into things and i've always really admired and been a little jealous of people who are Single, you know, FBA—that's it. Because you can run a really, really lean business, only going to Amazon FBA right from your contract manufacturer, and never having to deal with third-party stuff, third-party logistics. But you know, it's one of the downsides of diversifying. But it still seems to be a necessary evil if you want to get on on all these platforms.
0: Well, in this day and age of the the storage fees at FBA going off the charts high and. The unpredictable nature, right? Somebody puts a bunch of stock in there for Q4. They get a suspension or a shutdown related to nefarious competitor activity. True. They there's just there's a ton of risk on either side of the equation. But you're right. Yeah. Long term, if you're going to build a business, it, there will be complexity involved. That's just that's the way it is. Yeah. Um, and those who can manage that complexity and overcome it have the potential to build something of meaning and of value. So David Paul, uh, thank you again for so much uh, taking the time and spending the, the day with us here on Awesomers. I really do appreciate you.
1: Yeah, thanks a lot for having me, Steve. I appreciate it. And uh, good to see you again, as usual. Look forward to the next conference.
0: Yeah, certainly. And, uh, it's my pleasure. Yeah, yeah you're amazing. And I, I'm really uh, thrilled to, to have you here. Awesomers out there listening. We'll be right back after this. Bye, everyone. Hey Amazon Marketplace Professionals, this is Parsimony ERP and we get one question over and over. Can you please tell me exactly what Parsimony does? Well, we'll try, but this is only a 30-second spot, so we're going to have to hurry. Connect to your Seller Central account and pull all the new orders. Enter the orders with all customer data. Enter all of the Amazon fees and charges. Store them at the item level. Generate profit and loss reports at the SKU level. Automatically generate income statements. Handle multiple companies. Handle multiple brands. Handle multiple currencies. Facilitate budgets and forecasts. Store all customer interactions in a sophisticated CRM system. Manage your chain. Project and task management. Maintain an audit log. Hey, you get it. That's parsimony, P-A-R-S-I-M-O-N-Y.com, parsimony.com. We've got that. You're listening to the Awesomers Podcast. Oh boy, it's always so fun to hang out with fun, brilliant entrepreneurs. It really is uh, something I enjoy, and it, for me, is something that I get a lot of lessons when I listen to these stories. And this is one of the original inspirations for the Awesomers Podcast series, was I got to hear stories like David Paul's at various conferences, and and so many others that we've done. This is now episode 120 of the series, and so many of these I find so inspiring. And there's countless inspi- inspirational stories out there for you. If you really um, are trying to do something, you're trying to get a mission accomplished. Somebody out there has done something at least as hard as you're doing, but probably harder. And so. For the times that we're, you know, kind of stuck in our own little mind and we're like, woe is me, my life is so hard, why can't it just be easier, and, you know, maybe I'm not smart enough, maybe I'm not good enough, whatever that self-doubt is, we all suffer from imposter syndrome, you just take a, a page out of David Paul's book where he said very plainly, just keep going, persistence pays. This is one of the defining characteristics of an awesomer, without question, just keep going. What's the alternative anyway? What are you really going to do? You're going to stop? No. Take a minute. Maybe you've had a bad day. Take an angry nap if you need to. Get that out of your system and then charge on. Press forward. Uh, as uh, Winston Churchill used to say, keep calm and carry on. And we're going to carry on as well. This is the end of the three-part series with David Paul Doyle. Uh, and it's, again, episode number 120. So just pop on over to awesomeers.com/120. see today's show notes and details. Well, we've done it again, everybody. We have another episode of the Awesomers podcast ready for the world. Thank you for joining us, and we hope that you've enjoyed our program today. Now's a good time to take a moment to subscribe, like, and share this podcast. Heck, you could even leave a, a review if you wanted. Awesomers around you will appreciate your help. It's only with your participation and sharing that we'll be able to achieve our goals. Our success is literally in your hands. Thank you again for joining us. We are at your service. Find out more about me, Steve Simonson, our guests, team, and all the other Awesomers involved at awesomers.com. Thank you again.